We Infuse Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast, where we take the confusion out of infusion, and each week we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the infusion industry, and we interview industry experts and thought leaders and practitioners so that you can know what it's like to be in the infusion landscape, how to simplify the whole situation, and force best patient care, and also reduce risk. In this particular episode, we interviewed Kim Blassengame. She was practice administrator with Kane Hall and Barry, a very high volume and innovative practice in Texas. And she gives a behind the scenes look at the challenges they faced, the breakthroughs and the, the creative outlook they had with infusion therapy, and really how their hearts were in it, how their hearts were really patient focused and how that helped them in tough times and when they had changes. And so she's going to share some stories of a lot of changes they faced that they that were unforeseen changes. They, there's no way they could have planned for these disruptions in their business model and in their in their uh, patients getting access to, to, to these incredibly effective and expensive specialty biologics. And so that's what we're going to get into this interview. Let's jump right into it. All right. Like I said, we have a special guest on the show today, Kim Blassingame. Kim was a former practice administrator for Kane Hall Berry Infusion. They have a very high volume practice uh, doing a lot of neurology patients and actually, Kane Hall and Barry, or Kane Hall Barry, was the first We Infuse client. They were a beta client. So, Kim, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And we also have our co-host, the Mr. Reese Norris, with us today. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having us. So, um, Kim, we we're really glad to have you on the show because you have a lot of experience in this space. And even before we got on here, you were sharing stories of Ty Sabri and all this stuff. And it's just. It's just really neat. But give our listeners just a little bit of background on you, kind of your experience in the infusion industry, where you started, what what got you to here? Okay. Well, most of my experience has been in um, the independent practice space, uh, physician practices and, and outpatient facilities. And um, I was uh, with Kane Hallberry Neurology since... 1995, and we got into infusion first in, around uh, in, in the early 2000s to serve our patients who had chronic demyelinating uh, um, inflammatory neuropathies. With it, we started out by infusing IVIG, and uh, we really got it ramped up when we were uh, anticipating Tosabri to come online to, to be approved by the FDA, which it was initially in 2004. So um, it was the first biologic infusion drug for MS. It was a, a really it's an incredible drug. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting time. So. Yeah. So you've definitely seen some changes take place since then. <laughs> yes. Lots, lots of new therapies come online. Yeah, and I can't wait to share the story that you shared pre pre show about Tysabri. What would you say today is, you know, with everything you've experienced in the infusion practice and all the way out from the business side to the clinical side, and just helping all those moving parts, streamlining all those systems and pushing for best patient care, all the things you've been involved with, what would you say today is your your main area of expertise? Um, I'd like to think that my area of expertise is um being able to to deliver value to patients 
and to the healthcare providers in, in, a, in an environment of tightening margins. So really for the past, I'd say, seven years or so, it's been all about um, doing all those things and delivering that high-quality care and, and doing it all within very tight margins, tighter than what we're used to in the past. That's for sure. Yeah, reimbursement continues to decline. And, you know, I'm going to put a plug in here for Kane Berry. Uh, not only were they the first beta client, but they've done a lot for, you know, my family personally uh, and Brian Johnson's family. And so, um, you know, we were very thankful for the practice and Kim's leadership there. And uh, Kim and the practice were early on supporters of the National Infusion Center Association as well. So Kim and her practice have been very just involved uh, in the infusion landscape, uh, trying to help form it. Um, and we're just we're just thankful that she's on today, but also just thankful for your passion that you bring to that that center uh, and and just your leadership there was was instrumental. So it's been it's been a great run, and we're we're glad to have her today. Well, I, I was very thankful for uh, Reese and for Brian Johnson um, early on. You know, infusions and uh, ambulatory infusion is really an emerging market, and as you remember, Reese, <laughs> back back in the day, there there wasn't uh, there wasn't a society, there wasn't an organization, a national organization for infusion centers, and you guys recognize the need for that too, and uh, it wasn't there, and so you, you and Brian went out and created it. And created the National Vision Centers Association, which was a tremendous resource, and you guys were a tremendous resource. Well, I think that goes back to, you know, we talked about this on one of our podcasts earlier, is, you know, they had their own infusion center. We had ours, and we weren't that far apart. Well, we were 10 miles, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so some people could look at us as competitors. But what, what we really saw is it was very synergistic. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our patients would go there, and vice versa. They would send mm-hmm. us patients that, for whatever reason, they needed to, to refer out. And so I, I want to emphasize that too to our audience listeners that there's a lot of you know strength in numbers and you can l- learn a lot of best practices from each other. And um, in, in I think you know when you have an infusion center down the street, don't look at them necessarily as a, a competitor. Yes, they are to some extent as well. But you know when it comes to collaborating around national policy issues, state policy mm-hmm. issues, they can be your best friend. So that's a really good point. And we get you know we get calls often from people who want to start an infusion practice um, and they need tips on that, on things that Reese just spoke about. <clears throat> and we also get calls from people that are have infusion practices. Obviously, they're interested in the software. And then the more they talk about the software, they realize how the expertise that Reese and Brian have. And then they want to tap us more for just for information and insight to have somebody looking over your shoulder to, to learn about these things. And so that kind of brings me back to what you mentioned when I said, what's your main area of expertise you, you mentioned pushing for best patient care, but in, in a business model with tightening margins, what are some specifics on that? For, for people that don't know that, maybe, maybe there's uh, somebody listening that's interested in starting an infusion practice, maybe a provider that thinking, thinking I could start an infusion practice or whatever. What are some examples of those margins you're talking about? Or, or Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, ever since uh, the uh, AS. P, um, Medicare came out with the ASP, the average sales price uh, fee schedule back in, I think it was in 2005. Um, you know, the, the goal of that program was to create a 6% margin on drugs. So the ASP would gather uh, data from from the market and reported by manufacturers, distributors. And, and they, the idea was to figure out what the average sales price was for a drug and then for the fee schedule to be that number plus 6%. 
Um, and uh, 6% is a tight enough margin, but <laughs> as you know, it's it's really even tighter than that. Um, so, you know, there, there's kind of a cycle where, you know, farmer pricing tends to increase and the ASP refreshes, you know, once a quarter. But one of the biggest uh, things that happened was that when sequestration came into effect for our uh, Medicare population, um, you know, it took, you know, so, so that, that 6% margin which was so kind of, you know, iffy. Um, it took 1.6% off that. So really the margin was 4.2%. And when you think about that and you think about these very expensive drugs, one mistake, one missed pre-authorization, one non-covered drug, it's very hard to recover, you know, to recover from yeah. that. And, and there's, there's so much that goes into the front end of that and, you know, making sure you got authorization from the carriers and making sure you've got everything clinically, um, you know, set for the patient, the, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. And there was really, in the market before we infused came along, there was nothing. I mean, there was there were no software solutions for that. And I, I, I don't want to beat up too much on the HR vendors, you know, because they've had such great challenges to keeping up with all the government change. Yeah, Yeah, keeping up with all that has been really incredible. And we work with the next gen. Next gen did an incredible job, has continued to do an incredible job of keeping up with that and allowing us to, you know, um, draw those measures and report those. And and we did very well on that. So they've been an excellent partner in that. But with all that, they didn't have, they just really didn't have the resources to to develop, Mm -hmm. um, you know, EHR support for this emerging market, for this emerging uh, business line and infusion. Awesome. Yep, we talk to people about that too, you know, and you look at with, with We Infuse and you look at how it can export all that nurse's data into like a billing note and how easy that makes billing. And we, you know, we talk, we showed, I showed a large practice that yesterday and they said, wow, you, you know, you guys are automatically converting those JCOs to the proper billable units and all this stuff. And this is going to make billing so much easier and, and everything like that. And we talked about it for a while. You can make a mistake on the administration, but you make a mistake on one of those J codes and you're in trouble. I mean, if you, if that happens three or four times a year, you, you could just totally eliminate your, your profit. Which, Tim, so, that's a new feature. I don't know. <laughs> we, we now take the nurse's note and we convert it to a billing note. But again, going back to what I said before, Kim even went to us before we could even do things like that. Uh, within we infuse so grateful that Kim uh, took took the time to to allow us to beta the product in, in Kane Hallberry infusion. Um, one of the things I was going to say too was to piggyback off Kim. Whether you use we infuse or not, you make you brought up great points. Um, one is you've got to have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted with with a payer. Um, whether that's pre authorizations, knowing your LCDs, and if you're billing Medicare. Um, and then now not are they authorizing the treatment, but then they're saying, okay, you can only treat this many times or this, have this mm-hmm. many treatments or build this many units before you need another auth. And so whatever system you're using spreadsheet notes in your current EHR, you've got to have those processes tight to your point. You lose one of these patients, a little patient, you miss bill or don't have properly authorized or they don't have active insurance. It's devastating to a practice, or can be. Yeah, yeah, it can be financially devastating. So, So. um, the infusion business line, it it it, it's risky, it's challenging, but it's also some of the most rewarding work Mm -hmm. I did in that practice. I I really, I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed being able to 
to bring new treatments to patients. We, we kind of developed a reputation of being, you know, the, the first to bring new treatments to market. And, you know, the MS treatments have come along, they just seem like they got scarier and scarier, you know. We, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lentrata came out with a 97% infusion reaction rate and, you know, doing those, those things. Um, but, uh, you know, it's important to be able to bring those, bring those new products to, you know, to the market and make them available to patients. And I've been really happy to have the opportunity to be a part of that. And, um, well, no, tell us about your journey that we want. I want to go back to her, her journey. Kim, you were saying about Tysabri and when it was launched and just, you know, all the, whether it was the reaction rates and whether it was just you guys navigating a brand new biologic drug in this space. Yeah. You know, I mean, rheumatologists may have been used to giving Remicade, but neurologists didn't have a biologic drug at that point. Um, so tell us about how you navigated that. No, we didn't. So our only infusion experience up to that point had been solumental and, and IVIG. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tassabri was approved by the FDA on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I believe it was 2004. And... Uh, we infused the first dose on November 30th. That's cool. It was cool. And it was infused every four weeks. But it, it had it had a high infusion reaction rate. And so about 20% of patients would have an anaphylactic reaction to the medication, which was really very serious. And... Um, we, I remember it was it was really a neat time in terms of collaborating all the MS specialists across the nation. We the uh, Biogen had arranged, and every either Tuesday or Thursday night, like seven, I think it was at seven o'clock because I remember it was late in the evening, yeah. so everybody could get together in all the time zones, and um, they would all get together on on a call. You know, the the guys at UT Southwestern and Colorado, and you know, all the Very specialists cool. would get together on the phone, and they were all talking about how they were going to solve this problem of the infusion reactions and they were talking about what they were seeing with the drug infusion the drug and you know trying to get together that the pre-medication protocol and how they were going to stop these reactions from from happening and you know they they talk about this guy was going to try this you know this protocol and somebody else was going to try that and they'd meet back next week and talk about how it went and and i think it was the guys at ut southwestern i finally um, you know, kind of broke the code on the pre-medication protocol that we still use today that, that prevents cool. those reactions. And uh, so so it was, a good, it, it was a really neat time. And we had patients that had been infused November, December, January. And then February 28th, um, we had patients that were coming in that day for their fourth infusion. And these patients, they were getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, these were really severe. These were debilitated MS patients. They, you know, they were having trouble ambulating, or they were, you know, they were in wheelchairs. They were, but um, they started getting the stroke, and they started, they started getting better. They started being able to transfer, you know, to the chair on their own from, and you know, they they were really seeing the difference, and it was really a, a pretty magical time once we got past all the infusion reactions, right? You know, and there was such a community among the patients because they they would all get infused together every four weeks, and um, it it was a really neat time, and then and then that day, February twenty eighth, uh, we got the notice that the drug was being pulled from the market because the study patients had started dying. Oh. You know, I remember from this, PML. by the way. I scary. Yeah, scary stuff. from PML. And I remember everybody going, what? PML? And I remember one of the docs, our practice, like, running back to his library and pulling out his textbooks going, 
okay, I know I learned about this in med school. Like, what is that? You know, just look it up and people try, what in the world's happening? And I remember that morning we we got notification like 7 30 in the morning i remember the phones were going to come off answering service about eight and i remember just kind of holding my breath to see what are the patients going to say because the patients have been notified i think as well yeah. yeah and i remember sitting there and just feel like it was holding my breath watching 758 759 eight o'clock there it is we turned the phones on and the patients did start calling you know i didn't know what they were going to say i didn't know if they were going to say Gee, you talked me into taking this drug and, you know, people are dying and, you know, how can, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. But the patients did start calling, but the conversation was very different. And they really, they just, I remember it was, it was such an emotional time. Oh. Uh, sorry. We had seven doses in, in, in the refrigerator, I remember this. And the patients started calling and they were just mm. begging, please, let we'll sign anything, any kind of re- release, you know, just you know, can I please come back? You know, can we please come back and have, and and have the drug infused? Like we don't, we don't care. We know there's people, but you know, it's making a difference in my life. Yeah, I'm getting wow. my life back. And, and they really wanted it. It was so hard because you, we had those seven doses and all these patients just, I mean, they were, they were in tears. They were just, you know, please any, sign anything, any kind of release, any, you know, and of course we couldn't do it. It was the hardest. It was the hardest thing sending those seven doses back. Yeah, I know Dylan's probably gonna ask you what the biggest challenge is. There's not many that probably top that. Um, and you know, for our listeners, you know, you know, and I was somewhat involved in the business at this time. Um, you know, Tysabri was a you know a drug. I don't I don't remember, but it was one of the first drugs for MS in a mm-hmm. very long time. I can't even remember. It was the first infused biologic, yeah, for MS mm-hmm. and for for. To see the results that were happening with these patients and to have that taken away from them, I can't even imagine. But ultimately, I think again, that's in, you know, talking about how advocacy, uh, can help, you know, a lot of those patients mobilized mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, basically force the government's hand to put, put the, you know, the drug back on the market. So can you, you, were, did you have any help in that or were you involved in, you know, helping coordinating those efforts with your patients or how did y'all handle that I, interim time period before it went back on the market? I, yeah, I didn't, um, I don't think we coordinated any of that. You know, mm-hmm. the patients, MS patients are, they're, they're advocates. Absolutely. I mean, they are, you know, they, they, there's, there's something about that group of people and they're, they have such a strong community and they, you know, I, I don't think they needed our help. That's good. I know yeah. it didn't seem like, you know, but we were just, we were watching the data and watching the research and want, you know, and, and we're so pleased that the FDA fast tracked that drug again and had it back on the market in 18 months. And of course we had the patients all ready to go. So they were, it came back on the market oh, in 18 yeah. months, but I didn't it, did it come back on with a REMS program? It did. Okay. It did come back on uh, with a REMS program, and that was our first experience with that. Of course, this was this was all a brave new world. Yeah, I mean, inventory fusion it just wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, and, and especially not in neurology. Yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't. And, and we would infuse for other neurologist patients and things like because you know it, it was kind of gosh, you know how to do this and how to. And we're like, we'll take them. Yeah, you know, we took out. We've always done that. We've always taken outside orders if there's somebody, you know, even for the med school for patients that were mm-hmm. um, in our closer to our geographic area if that was helpful to them you know we, we've always been willing to do that because I mean, ms patients are i don't know there's just something about that the ms provider community it's like they're our patients yeah. you know it's there's, there's yeah it's not my right. patients our patients yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. and that, that. that's always been a very a, a very cohesive 
um, group, people that serve MS patients. And just for our listeners, the REMS program is now called the, called the TOUCH program, mm-hmm. uh, correct? And don't you have to be mm-hmm. registered as a, your infusion site? So if you're an infusion center wanting to treat a, a patient that's been prescribed uh, Tysabri or Tysabri, uh, you have to be part of the TOUCH program, which Biogen runs and facilitates, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And, and it's actually, been a, it's it been a while since I've operated, but I, I, those it, details are. Still it was a in good my, program, and yeah. you know, we talk about it was the first time that we dealt with anything like that. And I remember, um, it just last year we had the first MS drug release without a Rams program. We almost didn't know what to do without that. And that was Ocrevus. Uh, yes, okay. that was released without a Rams program. We thought, what? What do we? Because we had become so, so used, used to, to doing that. Yeah. It was really a great resource for yeah. us. You know, I mean, they helped us. They provided a lot of support for us. Patients were registered through that. The patients had all the support. And, you know, there was tracking on everybody. Yeah, it forces this accountability and this transparency. And, you know, the data is all streamlined. So, yeah, Yeah, those programs from that standpoint are really good. Right. And it also gave people a place if somebody wanted to prescribe, if they wanted to find an infusion site, they just check a box on the form. And, you know, the, the program would reach out and find, you know, match the patients up. And then, you know, when we didn't have that anymore on this new struggle, we're like, wow, how are we, wow, how's, how's this going to work? Yeah. It, you know, um, <laughs> but it did well. That that was a great drug. We infused the first dose in Tarrant County. First dose of Ocrevus? Ocrevus, wow. yes. And that was a first drug. That was so huge. It was the first drug for patients with primary progressive MS, which is a particularly nasty form of MS. And, and ever or years? I mean, I just... I, ever. It ever. was the first wow. ever wow. Um, treatment approved for for primary progressive MS. And I've read articles of patients that are just seeing just awesome results on that drug. And um, that's what infusion centers were doing. To your point, that's what makes this such a, you know, a passion. So much, you know, passion comes to serving these patients. So it's it's awesome. That's that's a great story. And, And so in the midst of all that, when you guys were navigating that, what's one nugget of wisdom you would want our listeners to take away from that story? Oh, for that story? <clears throat> just going through all that with Ty Sabri and just the whole, I mean, that's that's quite a dramatic <laughs> story. Well, you, you really have to have your heart in it. Yeah. You really have to have your heart in it. And, uh, you know, um, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it's not for that. But um, it's risky. It's scary, but it's so worth it. When, so worth it. So worth it. Yeah, yeah we, tell our, we tell folks that reach out to us all the time that this, you know, to your point, this is this business is not for the faint of heart. Yes, you're serving a need, and obviously, if there's an Alzheimer's drug, that which oh they're gosh. anticipating yes, uh, always being um, being on the market. I mean, the, the delivery channel is just there's not enough capacity to serve it, and so there's a lot of demand. But to your point, the the margins are tight. You've got to run a you know very very tight ship if you're going to enter this business, and you heart better be with the patient, but the patient first, because I mean ultimately that's what's the most important. So we. We try to add, we try to say those things when we talk to our prospective clients, but uh, well, do our best. And the thing I want to say too about we infuse is it's not just a software, and, and I don't know if you want me to say. This, I do. But, we actually guys, said that's uh, awesome that you said that. But Thank having you. Have, having you guys there, I mean, we've been doing infusion for a long time, and and you guys came in and you know identified some things that. You know, we had missed and think, you know, like, gosh. And the thing is that, you, you know, it didn't, you didn't feel like a software vendor to us. You felt like a partner in, awesome. in, the, in this adventure with us. And and really the beta testing time, that was a really cool time. That was so cool. That was, that was <laughs> a cool time. I mean, uh, oh, gosh, the developers, it's a two guys. Yep. Alexander Daniel and Alexander, yeah. Yeah, we're in our infusion suite, like, 
in our infusion suite, hanging out with our patients, right. and, you know, making friends with the patients, hanging out with the nurses, and, um, you know, just watching the flows and seeing what they were, you know, and listening to the nurses, you and know. And they would go back like, oh, to the hotel that night and code. They, they would take turns. They had the dogs. Yeah. They had the dogs at the hotel. They would take turns. That's right. Back That's right. Dogs. They would go, right. They would go back at night and do all that kind of, they bring stuff back in the morning and, you know, roll it out to the nurses and the nurses it's would look awesome like, go ahead on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they were right there with them watching the workflow so they could really see how they were delivering these services and what was important and what information they needed. And really, I, I, I imagine they learned a lot. Oh my gosh, of oh, course. And, oh, and it's so yeah. funny. So when that all took place, I remember calling my dad and be like, okay, we're going, we're, we're going live at Cane Hall Berry and the guys are going to come up from Austin and we need to stock their rooms because they're going to be up, you know, they're uh -huh. not going to sleep much. And so he went out, yeah. we went to Sam's and just bought a bunch of caffe caffeinated drinks and uh, lots of snacks and, um, and they were set up well. And, um, yeah, Brian Johnson, Alexander and Daniel were, were there. So it was a, yeah. it was a good time. I remember our, our patients were fessing for a while after you guys left because they were like, where's Alexander? Come part of the family. Just, yeah. yeah, they were part of the family. They were all, it's cool. Yeah, that is such a cool story. So, so I, I hope it was. I hope it was. A oh, really cool oh thing my gosh! It was. It, well. it, I mean, we still talk about it. So I mean, you'll never forget your first client and the first person that takes a risk on you and believes in you. And so, thank you. It was a very, very fun time. That is such well, a cool story. That's the first time I've heard that. Us. I still remember that phone call. I, I know exactly where I was when I asked you if you'd be our beta client. I was at our. Do you remember how that call went? What yeah. do you remember about it? Tell well, me. so I just remember. Um, I was walking through it, you know, trying to put on a sales pitch. And then at some point you just go, yeah, we'll do it. And I was like, no way. I was just like, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I remember that. That's funny you say that because I remember where I was sitting and, you know, we don't really have like assigned offices. Yeah. Like I was in our Keller office and it was kind of one of those one first come first serve kind of, you know, you get the first desk and you get there on top. And I, I remember sitting there and talking about it and I thought, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. But what was I going to say? But yes, I mean, <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> It was a passionate plea for me and to our, say, like, oh my you know what we're doing? I remember my people, when I told them what I was going to do, they were like, have you lost your mind? Yeah, yeah. And I said, well... I don't know. You if, know what are we gonna do? I don't know we, if the IT team there ever forgave us, but hey, oh, we, we got it done. You know, um, you know what our our IT director said. Well, you know, here's the thing: there's nothing else out there. Yep. And we need a solution. And I can't believe I'm saying. I remember him saying that. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> but okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. That's it was, awesome. It was a great yeah. journey. It was really really cool. That is it was, awesome. It was really cool. Those were good so, times. And yeah, so we were at this. You know, we're in our Dallas office now, but we had a loft office in Richardson. So just imagine this really small room. Um, that's a converted attic space. Is where where I was officing at the time, um, and so I, that's where I was when I called you. So since then, we've now got some new digs. They're not. You know they're not huge, but we're definitely not we're definitely not in the attic anymore of a of a converted. <laughs> so so we're we're moving up and and all to Kim and her practice taking the first leap of faith. It was so. so neat to see you guys succeeding, and then you know I watch the post and I see you rolling the rolling this out to new people. And then I hear stories like Iris think, oh my gosh. You know, I called Dylan after that, and I was like, I can't believe I'm going to do a podcast. I can't follow her. That's that was it. such a great story. And there's, but there's, there's, you know, this is what it's all about. You know, people that have that kind of passion to really bring these services to patients and really do something. And oh my gosh, she, you know, her stories were just so 
heartbreaking and, and serving that Medicaid population, a population that had not been served and didn't have access to care and didn't have access to drug and, you know, getting in there. And, you know, I know how scary that is getting in there like that. And just, mm-hmm. you know, she hung around. She just rolled up her sleeves. Oh God, my gosh. What a brave awesome. woman. But, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, a lot of brave people too. There's a lot of brave patients too mm-hmm. out there. And, Amen. Uh, you know, it, it's been really neat. And, you know, since the early days of Chessabri, we rolled out other um, biologic infusion drugs, even outside of our specialty, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, because uh, I guess once we kind of got the hang of infusing new biologics, we, we kind of got the, I guess, the reputation with the, the pharma as being, mm-hmm. you know, a place to go because they always have to have a delivery channel for those. But we were infusing uh, for rheumatologists and for, for different people. But it's it's... It's no, that's just a good really point. Need to see all that. I want to tell our listeners that you know Kim had experience, yes, in the neurology space, but but cane hallberry infusion treats patients from from all specialties, so mm-hmm. rheumatology, gastroenterology, and immunology, um, which not all practices do that. Um, some do, and I think you bring a unique perspective because not only have you launched drugs in the neurology space or been around uh, when drugs have been launched in the neurology space, but whether I, don't y'all do Actemra as well? So I'm sure you went through that Actemra, launch. And we had Christexa, Christexa and, and uh, Benlista for Lupus. Lista. And, it, you know, it, it's kind of a fun thing. We, get, we got to the, you know, Dr. Barrier, our infusion medical director, and Debbie Hooper was our infusion manager. But, yep. you know, and, and we'd, we'd get together, they'd roll out a new drug, and it'd be like, okay, guys, we got to learn about lupus. Because, <laughs> you know, we got nurses together and everything. It's like, there's a new drug for lupus, and, and, and we're going to be the delivery channel. Awesome. Like, study up, you know, and they're learning about RA. And the nurses love it. You know, they, they go to the annual conferences, the CMSC conferences, and things like that. And they, they're they really well educated in these areas. And they're like, okay, we got, we got a new drug. We're going to learn about gout with mm-hmm. Christexa. So that's like, a good, I didn't even know that. But we had to learn it. Yeah, we had to learn it. That's awesome. That's a good point for our listeners, too, like how valuable conferences are mm-hmm. um, you know CMSC we we infuse attends or has attended the last two years um, and we learn something every time I mean you're you're around not only your peers there's great lectures so we encourage our listeners to do the same uh, if you're in the neurology space CMSC is a great one uh, there's a lot of great conferences National Infusion Center Association will have its first conference this June just a shameless really? plug there yeah so NICA will have its first conference uh, in June 2019 so we're excited. Oh, exciting. Yep. So it'll be, be really, really, really excited about that it. That is very exciting. But where, whatever conference you choose, um, make sure you attend those. And then typically they'll have some piece of infusion or a new drug or, or you know, there's a learning opportunity at, at typically all these uh, conferences, which is great. So. Yeah, yep. CMSC, the Consortium for MS Specialists, is, mm-hmm. is the one that I've attended several several years in a row now. And, uh, you know, we treat multiple sclerosis patients, and there have been so many new um, things on the market. I mean, there's Advances, 14 yeah. different drugs on the market wow. now. It's been really, so cool. it's been such a huge change. When I started in neurology, MS was, you know, that was a diagnosis. It was like, gee, I'm sorry. Steroids, and that's know, really it, right? There just so. wasn't a lot that we, we were preparing them to, to just decline, mm. you know. Um, and that was terrible. And when these, it just changed everything when these things started coming along and, and patients were getting, or um, getting better. But the the provider groups, you know, those the the CMSC, it's it's really amazing the camaraderie between the people that are that are running these MS centers. And and you even see retired people. They haven't treated patients in five years, but they're still coming because they still maybe they're not practicing anymore. Maybe they're eighty years, you know. But it, but cool. so many of them, it's like they're still coming because it's still a passion. That's really cool. And we saw that each year we attended 
It's yeah. really neat. So yeah. it's 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 a neat thing. So yeah, those conferences are great. And if it's one of the big national conferences, stop by our booth. We'll probably be there. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, and, you guys we are always there. Is there. there. That's right. That's You'll see right. it on LinkedIn. There's That's no right. need to see it secondhand. Just stop yeah. by the booth. Well, um, uh, tell us this. Let's maybe uh, just share another story, a short story here with your all these experiences you've had. What's what's a big light bulb moment you've had being in this specific uh, clinical setting where you have this unique factor of you've got this amazing clinical setting, but you also have this business side with these tight margins where you can't make mistakes. What's been one of the biggest light bulb moments in that context? Hmm. You know, I thought about that a lot, and I, I don't know... Um, light bulb moment I, I guess it's just I don't know if it's really a light bulb moment but you know just you know coming to that realization that's like you know it's really worked well for us it's like you always just have to do what's right for the patient first then be really um watch those margins know your numbers Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hire good people, develop them, you know, engage them where they feel like it's their own. And then, um, you know, the financial success will follow. It gets so scary awesome. from time to time, but um, you, you can't lead with that in mind, the financial success in mind. You have to lead, lead with serving patients first and, and uh, you know, with, with these tools and certainly really infuse and, and you guys to, to support um, that, that's certainly a great foundation for success for anyone. And that it's so good because, you know, that that's our passion is enabling providers to focus on the patient side and not be snagged or weighed down or, or stressed out about the financial part and all the moving parts and all the, the gears in the machine of the business side of it because our, our software platform and our, you know, the, the, what we infuse tries to bring to the table is just the ability to simplify that whole process so that the nurses can focus on those patients and not worry about, oh, did I calculate the right amount of wastage or did I make sure I got, you know, did the billing team get all the process done in the benefits investigation process? Well, we want to simplify that so you can focus on the patient. Yeah. And so it's just great to hear you reiterate that because. That's supposed to be the focus at the end of the day. And, and you just shared some amazing stories. I mean, patients begging for these therapies because it changed their lives. And so that's why we're all in it. So it's so great. There's so much we could share. There's so much more we could we could cover. And I'm encouraging Kim. She brought a great article that I was able to read. She brought to our office today. And she, I'm encouraging Kim to share that on her LinkedIn profile <laughs> about the future of, of, of her vision for her practice but ultimately i think it could be a roadmap for a lot of a lot of practices value-based care um and patient reported outcomes there's just a lot in there that they there could unpack so follow kim on linkedin and, and get a get a glimpse of that article it's going to be really good that's great yep and i'll remember to say that how can people get in touch with you after this i remind me to say that if i don't say it what's one last parting piece of advice for our listeners oh gosh um Patient first, right? Patient first. Yeah, I think we covered. I think yeah. we, I it's hard think to they, distill it down to one thing, right? I think we right? covered it all. You, know, you had asked a while back what was my light bulb moment. I, I thought, oh, what was that? I, I think, Patient you know, I, I know there was I know there was one after we had implemented the We Infuse product. We were still going through, you know, developments and things like that. And, you know, the nurses were still, you know, ah, we know that. And then, then one day, uh, Judy, Judy, mm-hmm. Judy Beck, I asked uh, the nurses, she said, well, if you had your choice to to go back to the way you did it before on paper or whatever, do what would you do? And she said, "Oh no, I don't, no no, I'm not giving it up. I'm not giving it up. No no." <laughs> That's a good this question. Is, and I said, no, "No no no, we're keeping this. 
Good, good, good. <laughs> so good, that was good. that was a great moment. Well, Ju- Judy brings a lot of wisdom with her. She does. She's awesome. She's wonderful. You guys have a really great team. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kim, and thank you for joining us today. We're super thrilled to have you. And I mean, there's not many folks that have been on the cutting edge of infusion. To your point, <laughs> since that dates back to the early 2000s. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. And again, we can connect with Kim on LinkedIn. Kim Blassingame. Check out that article she wrote. And uh, again, thanks for bringing your expertise to the podcast because we really just want this to be a resource for anybody involved in the infusion practice. And I know a lot of people got inspiration and some some helpful knowledge today. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. See? All right. That concludes our interview with Kim. And as you can see, the infusion practice is an ever-changing landscape and you have to be ready. You have to be creative. You have to be flexible. And if your heart is in it, it is a worthwhile endeavor. Of course, it's a great business model. It's one of the best delivery channels for life-changing therapies. And I hope you got a lot of value from the things that Kim shared. If you haven't done so already, definitely check out our website, weinfuse.com. We have free resources. We have very insightful blog posts written by our founders that have to do with billing, with the latest cutting-edge issues in infusion therapy. And if you haven't done so yet, definitely schedule a demo of our software. You can schedule a short 30-minute call just to kind of assess the needs of your infusion practice to see where there might be some gaps in the process. And then if that's a helpful conversation, you can move on to schedule a demo of the software. We'd love to hear from you and, and help you to streamline your infusion practice. Uh, Thank you for joining us, and we will catch you in the next episode. Mm